Hello and welcome to Close Calls on the 42.e brought to you in association with Air Sport. You know the drill. Every weekend we look ahead to the biggest sporting event of the weekend and we dial up the hottest pundits in the game to talk us through it. Gavin Casey here, joined by Kevin O'Brien of the 42. Kev, everything's? All good, Gav. Uh, the reason Kevin is here is because the National Leagues are throwing in this weekend and we are delighted to be joined by Kildare football legend Johnny Doyle. Johnny, how are things? All right, no, it's good. No, yeah, thanks, lads. Are you, uh, you. Are you excited, Johnny? Um, fever pitch is back upon us. Yeah, it's look, it's it's great. It's exciting. The league starting, and I suppose I don't know whether it's when you get older, the time goes quicker. But it only seems like the other day we were talking about all our finals and stuff like that, and all of a sudden here we are at the end of January and, and ready to get get stuck into the leagues again. It's, it's always a good time of the year. You're you're looking at how teams are going and. You know, it gives you, I suppose, a flavour of maybe what way teams are, are, are shaping up for the championship. It gives you a little bit of an indicator of, of where the form is, regardless of, of, of what league you're in. Obviously, they, we're all looking at the, the Division 1. But even to see how, you know, teams are settling in in different divisions and are they making a bit of progress, or, you know, it gives you an idea of what way they're going for, for the championship as well. So it's always an exciting time. And, you know, maybe it gives teams a, a, little, a bit of a chance to, to blood new players and, and maybe... Some of the the stars we've seen at minor, you know, over the last number of years, might get an opportunity and see how they're developing and stuff like that. So it's an exciting time, and um, you know, albeit that it's it's still only January, but you're still looking forward to the to the league ahead. Hundred percent. Yeah, it only does seem like a couple of weeks ago, Johnny, that you were advocating the throwing of GPS units at uh, your your fellow <laughs> player. That I'm only joking, Johnny. Kev. I had to go to the ground after that. <laughs> Kev, you, um, as Johnny was saying there, it is an opportunity, obviously, to blow the youth. We know that about the league. But, but I think particularly this season, you and I were having a ch- conversation before we came on air here. And given the way the championship is structured now this year, the league might sort of go back to what it was a little bit more of a few years back where it was literally about finding out what kind of players you can embed in your squad for a championship because the championship schedule this year is going to be so hectic. You maybe you're probably risking burnout given how condensed the fixture list is overall if you're going to be fielding full teams for the whole competition. Yeah, I think that's the case. Um, obviously, with the Super 8s coming in this year, it's it's kind of geared towards the you know the top eight teams. So you'd imagine the elite teams will probably focus more on building the squads. Um, you know, for the, for the lower teams, for in the lower divisions, it's probably still as important as it ever was, you know. Um, you know, you'd imagine for a lot of teams, it's it's important to to kind of get a good run of form and and hit the championship, hit the ground running. But if you look at the top tier of teams, for the likes of Dublin, Mayo, Kerry, they kind of know what they have. It's about you know maybe finding one or two players during the league, and then and then you can add them in then during the championship. You know, absolutely, Johnny. Um, I mean, we might as well get get stuck straight into it. I, I suppose there's no good time to play Dublin and hasn't been for a number of years but first round of the league or first weekend of the league rather probably not the worst time either how do you think your lads are shaping up yeah well look it's it's, it's probably not the worst time you know you, albeit it's, it's still Dublin you know they're, they're um, you know full of confidence and even maybe one or two young lads that might come in or debutants that they'll have will just seem to be able to just fall in seamlessly into the system uh, that they play and I suppose success breeds success and you know that confidence is there and when your confidence is high you know it, it, it's a big part of, of the winning formula um, but uh, you're, you're, you're looking at Dublin I think you know not long back after after their, their well-deserved break um, headed off on holidays as, as all Ireland champions normally do around the, this time of the year and um, so you'd be thinking you know, Maybe the, the workload Claire got through over the, the previous couple of months, you know, should leave them in, in reasonably good uh, 
good position if, if they are going to cause a, a bit of a shock at the weekend might be the rather than maybe getting them in the last the last game of the league when, when Dublin are really up and running um, so in that regard it's, it's probably not a bad time to get them obviously going to Crow Park is, is uh, you know I know from my own experience and everyone has different experience I always love going to Crow Park but it was full or empty but you know some people say well it can be a dull, a dull place when it's when it's empty um, which is a fair enough point but I think from, from a Clare point of view you know the Bon Cup was uh, the period they, they trial a lot of these players they put out you know, teams that even even Clare supporters weren't sure of, of lads that came in to have for Keenan and his management to have a look at, um, and you know, it didn't. I think that's what the, the Obon Cup was used for, regardless of results. Just give lads a, a bit of a, an introduction to, to inter county football and, and see where they go from there. Um, but look, it's, it's still a it's still a big it's still a big ask for 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 Kildare. I suppose you know you're, you're trying to put your yourself in the players' point of view and what way maybe you'd be thinking yourself. And you know we would have got a, a little a few plaudits thrown our way over the summer because we were you know I think we probably troubled Dublin a, a little bit, um, albeit not a huge amount, but. You know, we've got a lot of bouquets thrown at Kildare during the, the summer because they, of the way they went about the Leinster final and, um, you know, kept them within a certain score and all this sort of thing. So I'm sure the lads will be thinking of building on that and, you know, looking looking forward to the championship, Kildare and Dublin on the different sides of the draw. And I know if I was there, I'd be thinking I'd love to get another crack at Dublin in the Leinster final and see, didn't we improve and see, you know, can we close the gap? And uh, no better no better time to, to measure yourself than the first game in, in in the National League so that's what I'd be looking from a Kildare point of view You mentioned the game the championship game last year where Kildare gave Dublin a little bit of trouble certainly early doors like they, they were uh, pushing them a couple of mistakes cost them and I know the Kildare players speaking to a few of them afterwards were absolutely devastated they went into that game with the intention of winning it and nothing else um, which is commendable obviously if you get them in the league now say at the weekend even if you can Look, there's no point in going in with obviously a defeatist attitude, but if you can run Dublin close to begin your campaign and you actually lay down a bit of a marker by, even if you come in within a few points of them, do you think that kind of, like obviously it's going to be more so about the performance. Very often I suppose we, we see the league, like team's league form kind of uh, related to championship form. Sometimes it doesn't apply at all, but for a team like Kildare, if they can lay down that kind of marker against uh, the All-Ireland champions, do you think it can be a kind of a springboard for them to go maybe a, a step further in the championship this year? Absolutely. I mean, you know, like it's, this time of the year, it's, 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 you know, a lot of the, pre, the pre-season is done, they put in a huge amount of work and players are human, you know, they, they question themselves, they, you know, when things are going well, the confidence is, is high and even if that's, you know, a point of view of, of where, as you say, can put in a good performance, maybe you know, close that gap. Come on, but even if they're, even if they're beaten, um, you know, if they can put in a good performance, uh, going go into the Monaghan game and build on that again, it just makes training come Tuesday night to say, well, look, we are making progress. We are, you know, all the effort, all the commitment that we're putting in, it's starting to show. You know, regardless of the result, I think that's positive for for any team. Um, but if you if you go out and God knows I was I was on a lot of the teams that we went out and. You know, you were beaten by 10 or 11 points. You come back and you do question yourself. What is this all about? Are we getting any better? We're spending all this time in here. You know, and and, and all, when, when I played it, I, I just got more contrary. I questioned what everyone was doing. Like, giving out to lads and Davy. You know, and that's not a nice environment. So, you know, if, if Kildare could, could, you know, put a, put a good performance in at the weekend, you know, obviously the players will expect to win and and, uh, and rightly so. That's, you know, if you don't, you don't have that shouldn't be going out there. Um, 
But from from, from my point of view, is is can we put a, a little bit of a dent in the Dublin in the Dublin? Um, I suppose the machine and say, well, look at yeah, we are gaining ground and, and, and come away from a, a positive. And um, from that point of view, I think I think that wouldn't be a, a bad night's work. Uh, obviously, you'd be going you'd be going to say, well, look, we're going to win this, and and you know. I'm not, I'm not involved in the squad. I know I played with a few of the players. There's a lot of the players I don't know, um, but I'm sure the lads are saying, you know, this is we've got to make progress here. And, and uh, you know, last year didn't finish as well as the year. You know, we would have went beaten by Armagh. And talking to one or two of them during the year, they were mad keen to get back and 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 build on last year's success. And, and I'm hoping to see some of that eagerness and some of that determination. Let's be honest about it. The only place it does count is, is when you cross the white line and, and, and you know you can train all you want and you can put in all the, the effort, but if, if, if you don't produce it when you cross the line, what does it count for really? Yeah, Kev, when Dublin cross the white line, what do you think they're going to be looking for this time? Because obviously, as Johnny mentioned, and they were similar last year where they probably started their the, the serious end of their of their preparation for the year a little bit later than most teams, um, and it probably stood them in good stead last year mm. as we saw for the Dubs and Jim Gavin I mean obviously like look they're serial winners at this stage particularly Gavin they're going to be trying to win the league given they didn't win it last year but for a first game what are we looking for from the Dubs what are they looking for what's Gavin looking for yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I mean, Dublin are such a well-oiled machine at this stage. They probably won't go back, get the hard running going really till April. But I'd be very interested looking at the likes of Bernard Brogan and Kevin McManwam and even Dear McConnelly, who kind of, you know, none of them started the All Ireland final last year, and the first two guys didn't even get a game. Or McManum didn't get a game. Brogan came on late on, and mm. Connolly obviously came on at half time. But I think Jim Gavin, in the past, he has shown that if guys show form early on in the league, they tend to keep their place. We've seen in the past with uh, Michael Fitzsimons. So I definitely imagine that those three guys will really be targeting getting in the team early and performing, um, and then keeping that form, keeping that jersey, you know, f- through the through the league and hopefully the championship. So it'll be interesting to see how you know what kind of team he goes. The first of all, and then the older guys, how they actually fare. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it probably will transpire to be more of an audition for players as individuals than an assessment of Dublin collectively. Because, as you say, we kind of know what they are collectively at this point. They, they've known what to prove. Um, Johnny, if you were to look at the other Division One sides, I suppose uh, Young David Clifford is a name on a lot of people's lips. Uh, where Carrier concerned, the uh, the next great hope down there. Um, what do you see coming from Kerry this year? I know some of the former Kerry players, a couple of the O'Shea's, have said like they don't see Kerry really challenging for an Ireland on Ireland this year. Uh, uh, maybe a little bit typical of them, but uh, like they did seem quite genuine in that this is going to be a, a three-year process, and and that you know maybe the spoils lie in wait closer to 2020. How, how do you see them going this year, and what can you uh, or what do you expect them to try to do in the league? Is it about getting the likes of Clifford involved and, and maybe transitioning the squad a little bit more? Yeah, well, look at it. I'm sure they're, they're no different in Kerry. They look to add add strength to their to their uh, panel, and they've they've had huge um, huge success at, at at minor level. And you know, while they're I know even speaking to one or two over the summer from Kerry yesterday, they to have that success. But they're more interested to see how many of them can make that transition and make that step up the senior, and that's a big step. And you know, while it can be you would have playing top under twenty one or with a really good club playing good football, it's still a massive step up to the level that the, the, the Dublin's and Kerry's and inter-county top-tier teams are playing, and that's where a lot of a lot of young lads fail. Um, and I suppose, you know, you, you talk to David Clifford, and it's going to be, you know, there's huge pressure on that young man at the moment. Um, 
and I suppose it's maybe a little bit a little bit like Jim Gavin in, in with with Conor Callaghan over the last couple of years and we see the one or two of the other Dublin lads like Conor Costello, you know, the whole pressure wasn't put on. Certain matches he'd come in, certain matches he wouldn't play. And I think that would be that would be something maybe Aim of the time as we do with the likes of, of uh, some of them young lads, and particularly David Clifford, you know, um, it's a big step up, you know, where he, he was a huge, big physical man at minor. You know, he's going to be meeting lads as, as big and strong and, and uh, you know, at uh, as aggressive at, at senior level. So while, while he's, he's a huge future, you know, he's not the typical minor, we all know that, um, and there's a fair chance we're going to be looking at, at you know, the next generation of super carry forward without a doubt but it's going to take time and I think Infus Morris has said that um, on numerous occasions over the winter it's going to take time so but from a carry point of view I think you know it's really I, I don't mind what, what Tomas and, and, and these boys down there uh, say about how I think when, when, when the talk the carry are going bad it's normally time to worry um, but you know they're, they're Definitely, the the, the makings to be they're a top three team. They'll be there thereabouts, and I'd say like that they'll, they'll use they'll use the league. Obviously, you know they're they, they want to get into the latter stages again, and, and um, but they'll use it to blood one or two players intermittently within that, and, and, and get them get them up to speed with, and, and get them ready for championship. And I think you know if you're being a betting man, you you like to see you think to be in a, in a league semi final or final, and and. Uh, See where see where it goes from there for them, but you know the day you think Kerry are are, are down is the day they normally come jump the highest. Absolutely, you know? yeah. We'll have to be careful, all right, with uh, with the Kerry men. Like presumably Mayo or the other team in in the top three that you allude to there. Are, have we reached a point with Mayo where we just kind of have to accept that they are going to come again? I mean, last year was the year where everyone thought, nah, they've, they've you know it's probably a bridge too far this year. The years of heartbreak will finally take its toll, and yet they come close again, like. They have probably have become so relentless over the last couple of years that it's almost they won't consider it a given. But for the rest of us, it's like yeah, Mayo will be there thereabouts again. There's no point in writing them off anymore. Yeah, and I, and I think that's that's the one thing you know, um, they showed that resilience over the last number of years. And you know, you can I thought maybe we might see the end of, of one or two of them, particularly Andy Moore. And you'd be thinking, is he, you know, obviously Alan Dillon has 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 uh, has retired and. You know, people would say, oh, well, he's not a huge loss. He hasn't got game time. He hasn't. But what people don't see is the presence in the, in the dressing room that someone like Alan Dillon would bring. And his loss would be felt. There's no doubt about it. And, um, you know, a really level-headed guy, really hard-working guy, um, you know, had been the star the star of that team for years. And, you know, I, I've seen him up close uh, with, with, you know, when he wasn't playing with. And, he, you know, he's just such a humble guy. He... He was he was there encouraging and you know he'd be I saw him we, we played one time when he was in, in an opening of a of a, a field and he wasn't there he wasn't playing but he was he was carrying water and stuff like that you know if, to see from your top guys leading the leading the, the line as he he has done for so so often is you know so them guys are not replaced uh, just on a whim either but it also gives an opportunity for other other guys and Mayo had. You know, certain success at a one and under twenty one All Ireland. They look to, to again to bring to bring that some of that team and, and, and again to find one or two players to, that will even not starters but that might influence the game coming off the bench. You know, we looked at, at Loftus last year. You know, t- guys like that are going to make uh, just could be enough to, 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 to make that thing click. Um, you know, even it's it's challenging lads and training. It's coming in with it full of enthusiasm into training. You know, we, we often, 
I often remember watching clips years ago of the of the, the Kerry team of '75. They were all a team of bachelors. You know, that was a big thing at the time. But it was. I remember Mick O'Dwyer talking one night about them. It was just they were like you just had to nearly hold them back. They were full of life, full of energy, and they just wanted to play football and wanted to win. And that was enough to for them to be successful. And and you know, I think you need you need that you coming in the challenge, whether it's in training games or you know maybe get a, a game or two you know throughout the league just to keep the thing the thing taken over. I think Mayo will use the league in that way to just maybe find one or two players that could just be enough to unlock. Because they're very, very close um, to making the breakthrough, and, and I think they know that. And you know, you have to admire them. Their resilience, time and time again, they come back. And even when there's, you know, we, we saw the saga with, with, with Pat Holmes and and, uh, and Noel, Noel Connolly that time. You know, it wasn't a popular thing to do. Divided maybe lots of people are all over the country, but, but they were, you know, they put their heads above the parapet, and that to me shows that there's substance in them. Whether you agree or not, they were willing to. You know, go out of the comfort zone for what they perceived was best for 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 football. And um, I say we could argue, and I'd argue pros and cons for both sides of it. But at least they showed a bit of something that they want. They want this very bad. And when you want something really bad, um, you know, and you keep knocking on the door, I think you know, at some stage it's going to open if you're ready to if you're ready to cross the threshold. And I think may all be be there thereabouts um, for yeah, the year ahead. I just think on Mayo like it's it's going to be very difficult in terms of the league. I don't think they've won a league since two thousand one and mm. they've eighteen guys based in Dublin so you know it's never it's never really fair to to judge them on the league. Um we kinda know what we're gonna get with Mayo at this stage. They they know themselves they're you know they're at that age where they don't necessarily need to have a strong league campaign. Yeah. And um, we saw last year they struggled for long spells and they don't even need to have a strong championship campaign until the last four. Yeah, really, yeah, exactly. And that's where the Super Eight is gonna shake things up a little bit where they might have to hit form that bit earlier. But I certainly think, like Johnny said, one or two players maybe to come off the bench because you look at the subs that come off the bench in the All Ireland final last year compared to the Dublin subs and I think that's where they lacked a little bit. Mm. So if they could get maybe you know, another forward, or even you know, get, give Connor off this more game time. I think that's where they could really benefit from the league. But I don't think it's going to have a major impact on on their championship. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, if we know vaguely what Dublin and Mayo are going to be about in the league, Johnny, um, is there any kind of surprise package for you across all the divisions? Like, is there anyone you could see going very well in the league this year that uh, maybe we haven't seen do so well in, qu- in quite a while? Yeah, well, no, I suppose you're. you're you're looking at the next, I suppose, the next tier. Then is is the likes of maybe, you know, Monaghan, um, you know, Donegal. How will they get on with with with, um, with their new manager in in Dexon Bonner? You know, there's there's a couple of teams will use the, you know, will use the league to, to build that bit of confidence and and maybe won't like the top the top teams that we mentioned. You know, will look to hit the ground running, get early points on the board, and build confidence. Um, you know, and that that particularly in Division One, you know, maybe. In the lower division or two, you might use it to blood players a little bit more. In, in the top team, even in, from the point of view of, of Kildare, um, you know they need to hit they need to hit the ground running to build that confidence. And because you're, if you're beaten in the in, in, in the first game or two, you're you know you're on the back foot and the pressure comes on and and um, it can be it can be a daunting enough affair. So I, I'd like to see maybe you know Howard Tyrone going to come after. After coming off the back of a, a poor, poor championship, losing Sean Cavan, and that was a big, big loss to him. How will they fare out? Um, you know, always, always a strong team at home. Um, obviously, Mickey Hart will have them well drilled and, and stuff like that. So, but, you know, th- again, 
it's a, it's very you're, you're looking into the unknown really you're, you're you're looking in hope that one of these teams will come and challenge and you know maybe go on and wouldn't it be great to see someone obviously Kildare you'd love to see them getting on but wouldn't it be great to see someone the likes of, of Monaghan or something go on and win a league and, and, and see where that can take them could that be enough to, to propel them up you know when it comes to the championship um, you know you'd be you'd be hopeful of something like that but it, it is hard to look look beyond the Dublins and Kerrys and and, uh, and Mayo and uh, you know I think from a point of view of, of the likes of maybe Galway and Kildare I think they're, if the bookies are right, they're, they're the first two to think they're picking for the drop. So, you know, the, the, but you just want to make sure that, that they can, I suppose, from from our point of view, is that they can go on and put in a good shift. And, you know, rather than being up and down as we have been in the past, to, to hold their status and get used to playing, because you improve playing against the top teams. You know, mistakes are can be covered up a little bit when you go to the lower tiers. Every mistake is punished at the top tier, and, and, and that's the environment you, you, you want to blow lads and, and get them up to speed. And no better place than you know going to maybe um, going up to Donegal or going to Om or you know whatever the case may be. They're tough places that you know it's not about skillful football; it's about the battling qualities that's needed. You know you really find out when when you're in the trenches who are the lads to stand up, and I think that's very very important for for the, for the teams maybe outside of the top three or four. That's what they really want to learn from the league is, you know, when when we're in trouble here, when you're in the trenches, who are the lads that are going to come out fighting? Albeit whether they perform well or, or not, but are they going to keep going? Are they going to be there come hell or high water? And I think that's what most people will, will look from Spot the league. On. You know? Before we let you go, Johnny, and, and Kevin and I are about to go off on a, on a hurling tangent here, but uh, a man you'd be more than familiar with has, has taken the reins of Dublin, of course, in, in Pat Gilroy and seems to have kind of instilled the, the, the type of steel that he, that he instilled in the footballers some years back um, in this new hurling crop well we say new hurling crop but sort of his panel a lot of players coming back in what what can we expect from probably difficult to say what we can expect from Gilroy's hurlers but what will he bring to the party where Dublin hurling is uh, is concerned that maybe they've been lacking over the last couple of years well I suppose look at it it's, it's difficult to, to say what Dublin were lacking over the last few years in, in, in hurling sense obviously there was you know, there was, there was problems there. You had a lot of talents that, for what, whatever reason, and this was, I, I, I'm not in a position to comment in any way because I don't have the, any information on it. But there was obviously something, somebody somewhere wasn't happy. And you know, you want your best players playing um, for 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 your county teams. There's no doubt about it. Um, so, and obviously we've seen over the winter certain players have, have come back in and, and, and committed to to the horrors, which is great to see. Um, I think you know from, from Pat's point of view and. You know, when he came into the Dublin, he came in after after Pillar Caffrey. You know, whether they're truths or not, you, you always hear what what goes on. I think he, he he brought Dublin right back to basics. You know, he talked about all the, the principles that that he felt. You know, all those values that he had about humility and and courage and and um, will to win and all those things that maybe he felt that were lost. And I don't. To me, that doesn't matter whether you have a hurl in your hand or you're a soccer player or a rugby player or you know the type of person. And we, you know, we all read about the All Blacks, and they all talk about it in, in their sport. It's, it's the type of person that you're trying to, you know, the good person would be a good player. And you know, I think that's one thing that Pat really got right. And in fairness, he put in a good foundation for 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 Jim Gavin, and he's obviously brought it to to a new level. And you know, I know there's buzzwords always coming in and out of the GA, but the culture I think of Pat had brought to had brought to um from from. Into, into the Dublin setup, uh, you know, talked about sponsorship and, you know, 
whatever players got, there was money to come back, you know, there was sponsorship to come back into the pot because if it wasn't for the players around them, they wouldn't be offered these and things like that. And I think that's a, you know, he, he grounded the whole thing. And I think if he brings those principles um, that, that seem to be important to him um, into the Dublin hurling setup, I think they would prosper. There's no doubt about it. You know, there's loads of different people throughout every sport that would go back to those things of, of, of honesty and, and being honest with yourself, being honest with players. And I've sat in dressing rooms and I've sat around teams and, you know, players nod their head and they, they, they agree with that. But then they'll be tested on some aspect of that and some lads will, will pass that test and some lads will fail. Um, and I think Pat has a has a, a talent of, of getting those players. And I, it's funny, you know, you looked, I looked at the Mikko documentary as most of the country did and, you know, Mikko was a bit like that in, in an unusual way where, you know, he wanted lads that wanted to play for Kildare. And he, if he went to every club, they'd all put up their hands and say, I'd like to, I want to play for Kildare. But he tested you then. It wasn't scientific and it wasn't, you know, I'm sure sports, sports science people that would be just cringing at some of them. But when all was said and done, when it was stripped back, when he tested everyone, well, he saw that the lads that did want to play and he knew the lads that didn't. And I think that's what Pat, Pat would bring as well. He, he, whatever lads he finishes with, he, he'll have tested them and... and tested her metal and tested her character and I think when you've done that you have a chance of being successful and I think that's what what, what Absolutely, yeah. want probably isn't a, a quantifiable concept to the naked eye but to the likes of Mako to the likes of Pat it, it does seem to be scientific in a way um, Johnny very briefly because I know we're, we're, we're keeping you here but uh, a player you would have come up um, come up against plenty over the years uh, Conal Keeney back in the Dublin hurling fold as well probably great to see him back involved I remember speaking to Conal in September of last year he joked that at that time he was 34 he's 35 now but he says sure I'm 34 I can I can barely bend down to pose for photographs here with some press junket and all of a sudden he's uh, well I think he was on a program over the winter and he's he's back in the fold yeah, and I think it's I think it's great because we we hear, you know, every nearly every day about how you know you get past your thirties and you're that's it, um, you should be. And if you tell a lad enough, I suppose he starts some lads to start believing it, you know. And we lose so many, and they, you know, for whatever reason, and I understand people can't commit, and there's family, and there's injuries, and all that thing, and you know, but it can be they're the ones that grab the headlights, the ones that can't do it. Where you know, I love to see someone pick up. The, to sit down in Conakini and say, look, at your 35, what brings you back? You know, that you can do it and the, the enjoyment. And it's an opportunity for, um, I, 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 I got to know Conakini over an interprovincial, we went to Boston to play an interprovincial final and it was a really solid guy, really very funny guy, um, a great lad to be in his company. I met him a couple of times. And do you know what, I was delighted to hear him that he, he's gone back. And, you know, all of a sudden then when you're enjoying things, you know, I mean, I often do it myself. You'd be talking about the, the bad ankles, the bad knees, but all those things are, are, are put to bed. He's, he's something to, he's something to offer. Um, you know, Dublin hurling. Obviously, Pat Gilroy thinks he's something to offer. Um, and when you have the two of them working together with an open mind, I think I think it's it's only good for Dublin hurling. I'm delighted to see it. Um, delighted to see him back. I think you know if he feels that the body is able for it and and that he's something to offer. As I said, it shouldn't really matter what's 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 on his birth cert. Um, so I'm looking forward to see how it works out. I'd love to see it working out well for him because he's a really good Excellent. guy. Johnny, pleasure as always. Thanks a million. Enjoy Thanks the right. games over the weekend. Best of luck to Kildare. Thanks very much, lads. Yeah, Talk to you soon. Kev, I suppose uh, like Keeney's inclusion there as well, one of the most interesting aspects is the fact that he's 
such a big personality and obviously he's going to be great for Gilroy to have around the panel generally speaking Yeah I think so um, it's interesting that Johnny mentioned Mick O'Dwyer there and, and testing the players and I think you know if you look at the, the Dublin squad now under Gilroy he's really testing the mental resolve of the players and he's really trying to see who wants to be there you know you, you talk about culture and Conal Keane is someone who can who can bring that culture in the dressing room but you know I was at a couple of games Walsh Cup games um, over January and you know Dublin had a really busy schedule of, of challenge matches. It was one game they played Antrim on a Saturday in the Walsh Cup and on a Sunday and the day before they played Tipperary and a lot of the same guys played in both games. So I think he's really testing the guys mentally. A couple of uh, early morning sessions yeah, yeah, back think, into the yeah, fold as well, the yeah, famous early mornings. Yeah, exactly. The early mornings are back and that's a mental thing as much as it is physical, you know. And um, Yeah, I think that's what that's what he's really looking for he's he's adding a bit of steel you mentioned that word and one player I'd be looking forward to seeing is Thomas Connolly St Vincent's who'd be a younger brother of Dermot and mm. you know he's a similar athlete he's he's brilliant yeah. athlete yeah and yeah. he's he's featured quite prominently in, in January midfielder half back line so I think he's the kind of guy that you're going to see Gilroy look to to try and bring that steel um, going forward this year yeah kind of a physical backbone I guess just yeah. to and like it's interesting it seems to be working out for them I, I know Okay, they conceded six goals to Tipperary in the championship last year in a qualifier. Six goals, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. like they conceded just one in a in a recent challenge game. Now, albeit they they shipped twenty six points in the process, but at least they seem to be shoring up their defence. I think they was it one goal across three games they've conceded. Yeah, seven? yeah. Um, I think like if you ask anyone what what did he bring into the Dublin footballers, it was that kind of defensive security, and that's what he's probably focusing on initially to to make Dublin sound at the back. And then, you know, they do have the forwards. I mean, we, we talk about players who are back in. Danny Sutcliffe is one guy who's, you know, he's been out of Intercounty Hurling for a couple of years and it's mm. probably going to take him time to get back into it. But if you add someone like that into the forward line, um, you know, like you have the cooler guys come back in. You have Donald Burke who, who kind of came on the scene last year and played really well. So I think Dublin do have the forwards. It's just about, you know, get, being solid at the back. And once they get there, they can build forward from yep. there. Absolutely. You mentioned the uh, Walsh Cup there. And of course, I mean... With a cracking Walsh Cup final between Wexford and Kilkenny. Interestingly, Davy Fitzgerald a couple of weeks ago, or it might even have been last week, was talking about how he almost feared playing Dublin in the Championship now that they are going to be a serious entity again. Nice little bit uh, of, I, I suppose, um, what's the word like? There, there's a potential controversy. Uh, yeah. Not controversy now, but controversy yeah. brewing, I think, between uh, Davy and Cody. It's probably never too far away. Um, you know, Fitzgerald doing his usual thing of look, I could tell you a load of things, but I'm not going to. But here's three or four anyway. You know, uh, this is in response to Cody's remarks about uh, Richie Reid's red card in the World Cup final. Cody gets sent off and then says, "Well, he was being pulled and dragged. The helmet was being pulled off him." Fitzgerald says, "Well, I've had that happen plenty of times yeah. uh, as a manager." But I mean, it's interesting. Like uh, Davy Fitz's record against Cody is is extremely strong now, and obviously they're going to be playing against each other in the league. I think it's the final. Round of I think it's the third round of the league. Is the third round? Yeah, I think okay. so, yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, there's definitely a lot of spice to the, the kind of Davy and Cody rivalry now. It's Davy's third win on the trot against against Cody. He beat him in the league and the championship last year. Um, and just the competitor that Davy is, you know, he really really enjoys beating Kilkenny. Um, as you mentioned, they're going to play twice more this year, and the league game is down in Nolan Park. And I think, you know, Kilkenny over the years when they were dominant, they always spoke about keeping teams down and continually beating teams to keep that dominance over them um, and I'd imagine if you're in the Wexford dressing room before they play Kilkenny, Davy is talking about something similar that they want to keep Kilkenny down and keep the kind of 
you know keep beating them you know while, while they kind of have the advantage there mm, yeah I suppose impose some sort of a psychological dominance as well you know you like yeah. all of a sudden a hoodoo can begin and, and you wouldn't even realise it um, Kilkenny open their league account against Cork it'd be interesting obviously to see how both these teams go you made the point to me earlier actually which I thought was a good one where uh, for Kilkenny obviously the, the challenge for Cody over the last couple of years has been blooding youth and bringing through players and how because for so long in the past they were perpetually dominant over opponents it, it was a nice opportunity to bring in a young lad and he might hit four or five points when the pressure was off mm. but presumably this year akin to last year that opportunity kind of like that that little cushion that little comfort might not be there and therefore it's it's difficult to bring a lad off the bench if you maybe are trailing Waterford or whoever by two points and expect them to change the game like Cody if he when he does bring in some of the players from say was it the under 21 team that got to the yeah. final last year he's going to have to demand results from them almost straight away because yeah. Kilkenny are you know they're in need of players to, to change things yeah if you look at Kilkenny's two best players two best forwards anyway will be Richie Hogan and TJ Reid and both of those guys would have served a serious apprenticeship on the bench for a number of years before they actually got onto the team because they had the likes of Henry Shefflin and Owen Larkin and Eddie Brennan ahead of them whereas now I think there's more pressure on the younger guys the likes of Richie Lahey and Liam Blanchfield Alan Murphy who's come in this year they kind of they don't have that chance to settle in and come into a winning team they're, they're coming on and they're starting games and especially because TJ and Richie are kind of struggling with injuries so mm. um, they're this weekend yeah they're both out this weekend and you know like Brian Cody has trawled the county this winter looking for talent he's, I think he's had 50 odd 50 odd players in with, the, in with the squad this year so he's really you know trying to kind of find the next you know the next TJ Reid or Richie Hogan to, to, to build that and um I think the likes of Richie Latty and Alan Murphy in particular, you know, under 21s last year, he's really going to look to them this year to, to see do they have what it takes, you know, to, to get in there. Absolutely, and yet for all of his searching for this, uh, not quite a new generation, but just uh, a couple of players to sprinkle across the squad, he's gotten rid of some fairly noteworthy names as well. Yeah, um, I think there's talk down there that Jarrell Elworth who was an All-Star in 2016, um, he's not part of the panel this year, and also John Joe Farrell, I think has been dropped from the squad or else wasn't in with them this year so there's a number of guys who you would probably look at and say okay they'll get their chance this season and they're gone and then you know you have um, Paul Murphy and uh, Colin Fenley who are away with serving with the army and then you've got the retirements of Michael Fenley and Kieran Joyce so you add that all in and like suddenly the squad is you know it's getting stretched and um, we mentioned earlier the you know the league is going to be the league there's a round robin gone into the provincial championship, so the league is going to be run out pretty quickly. And you know, if Richie and, and TJ in particular are missing early on, then these younger guys are going to have to step up, or Kilkenny could be in trouble, certainly in the league. Yeah, absolutely. We probably saw that with Richie Ogan as well last year when he was coming back off the back of a back injury. Yeah. Like it, it's a, he probably is a player at this juncture in his career where he maybe needs a couple of weeks' games before he hits. It's destroyed and in a Leinster Championship that now contains an apparently dangerous Dublin as well as Wexford. Yeah. He might not be afforded that time. For Cork, um, it's kind of the converse is true in a way. It's more or less kind of tried to build upon what you achieved last year. They weren't a million miles away. They've, you know, uh, they've, they've plenty of players coming through. It's not necessarily a concern of theirs anymore. Obviously under new management with, with John Myler. It's a weird one because I don't think anybody really foresaw, uh, well certainly from the outside, foresaw Kieran Kingston stepping away. It, like the challenge for Moyler, I guess, is is as we're saying to to build upon what Kingston achieved last year. But uh, I don't know what 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 do you think Cork need to implement this year to go that step further? Like 
<laughs> the game last year against Waterford was a bit of a it seemed like a bit of an anomaly like all of a sudden the game had swung in their way uh, with a, a fantastic Patrick Horgan point but, and that was even after the red card but yeah. then it, you know mistakes uh, and the game was over Waterford swept them away but it was one of those games where maybe you can read too much into a defeat given the margin whereas it actually was quite a close game and a couple of key moments and different story yeah I mean going into that game it was probably if you look at Cork at the Munster final winning the Munster title was probably a bit of a surprise and after that a lot of people were saying they were in bonus territory and that was a completely different mindset you look at the Waterford team that had been on the go for a couple of years and they were going into that really looking to get to an All-Ireland final because they'd been to semi-finals before and I just think the, the little mindset difference there might have might have been you know the difference between the two teams but you know looking at Cork this year I think a lot of the younger guys broke through last year and nobody knew who they were and you know I think this year it's important that they don't you know you talk about in the Premier League you say have a second season syndrome and it's important that these young guys this year kind of progress again you know and don't kind of wrestle under laurels from last year I think um, I spoke to Patrick Horgan last week and the players were surprised that Kieran Kingston st stood down, mm -hmm. but definitely with John Myler coming in, there's there's a sense of continuity there, and I think most of the backroom team has been retained. So I think those guys last year they've won the Munster title, and now really they should be looking towards the All Ireland. So I think if you if you did see them in the semi final again, I just think their mindset would be a little bit different, you know, and they wouldn't be in bonus territory. Yeah, perhaps they might uh, wind up where Waterford found themselves mentally last year. Uh, very briefly, then Clare and Tip as well this weekend. Clare, I, like. Uh, not you wouldn't say it's upheaval in their squad, but certainly like they've lost a couple of key names, and they're also getting a couple back. I think yeah. uh, certainly the 2016 captain is is back in the fold, isn't he? Uh, name escapes him now. Uh, possibly not. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I just I think with Claire, like um, you know, the, the last year they, they were missing the Ballier guys for the league, and if you look at this year, I think what the two managers have, have tried to do. Um, I've noticed just in the attack they've tried to have some kind of bigger players Peter Duggan is playing a lot this year and Niall DC who would have been one of Ballier's main forwards last year is playing an attack as well so I think they're kind of in the past they were probably they had too many similar players especially going forward and playing this kind of running game whereas now I think they're trying to branch out a little bit in attack so um, I think like Clare are a team that people have almost forgotten about you know since they're all Ireland win um, there's been a couple of years where they just haven't really progressed and I think it's important for them to get a good league campaign in because they do have serious talent there you know and it's still a squad you know littered with all Ireland winners um, so yeah it's, it'll be a good game like to coming up against Tipperary who you know, last last win this time twelve months they kinda had a winter where, you know, they were all Ireland champions and they almost put too much pressure on themselves, you know, where Well they did a tip on it. Like yeah, they did it. They almost over overthought the whole thing. Yeah. Um I think this time around hopefully you'll see them play, you know, without the pressure and without the shackles. But um, this is I mean this has always been tipper most dangerous really. Yeah. And like I don't think anybody's necessarily going to be writing them off this year. Like they're, they're again, probably similar to Cork. Well actually even more so than Cork, they were very close last year, you know, yeah. they were they were a puck of a ball away from a replay anyway yeah. I mean, and, and you never know but uh, yeah, surely be I think the one thing like Shane McCallanan is, is going to miss you know, a number of games with an injury so it's probably important that the likes of John McGrath and Bubba Zodwyer do step up um, yeah but like you'd imagine this year now that you will see a kind of rejuvenated Tipperary again like they have Carl Barrett back in the team um, he was obviously dropped from the squad last year um, I think you know you look at Tip's full back line it was probably the one area where they were vulnerable and I think he, he could really you know obviously he'd slot back in there he's a former all-star so um, you'd imagine that will really straighten them up again yeah once there's no uh, WhatsApp scandals they'll yeah. be fine fettle again well that's all we've got time for uh, on Close Calls thanks everybody for joining us uh, our thanks to our guest as well Johnny Doyle um, 
yeah, enjoyed the action over the weekend. Best of luck to all of your counties. We want them all to win. Uh, no boys here, apart from Cork, obviously, and Offaly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, until next time. Actually, I meant to say as well, we are going to be starting a fairly interesting venture across the course of the Six Nations. We've got a couple of live events lined up. It'll be Murray Kinsella and myself and a few very special guests as well. Thursday evenings, keep your eye on the 42.e for details with that. And uh, yeah, that's it. Enjoy the games over the weekend and we will speak to you soon. Until next time, take care.